You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Live from Chicken Town, this is the Flopcast episode 616 on Flopcast.net. Yes, yes, hello to the mayor of Chicken Town. Hello, Kevin. Look at that, the mayor's here with us, <laughs> filling in guest host. Yes, I'm your I'm your uh, typical fill-in host we, these days. We keep you behind glass, and then we break the glass as needed. <laughs> yes, break glass for emergency co-host. Yes, so uh, to pull back the curtain, uh, Cornflake was supposed to be on the show this week, and then we had audio issues. Uh, Cornflake's audio system was being difficult. Yeah, that happens sometimes. So Cornflake gets the week off and then we thought, well, what are we going to do? And then uh, sadly, something suddenly came up today that we thought, okay, you know what? That's what we can talk about today. What was that, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> we do our big memorial shows in January and just take care of the whole year. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was a, a comic book artist uh, just died today uh, that I'm a big fan of. And I have many samples of uh, her work here. So I thought, you know, we can look at some of her uh, art and discuss her work and her career and the characters and the goofy old comic books. And uh, that'd be that'd be nice. Okay. Yeah. To have have a woman working for such a long time. And comic art must be rare. It's very rare, yes. So uh, we got to credit the guy at the front lines of knowing when anybody dies is <laughs> our buddy Mike Gordon from, yeah. from Earth Station Who and the Dragon Con Report. Because yikes, is there some hotline that he, he has access to? That I don't know. He Maybe the Fez is receiving like, special signals. <laughs> that Fez he wears, yes, yeah. receives death notices. That's the first place I ever hear that anything happened to anybody is uh, Mike Gordon's Instagram feed. <laughs> yeah, certainly, and certainly anyone in pop culture. And he does, I mean, it's a visual, a nice little visual collage. And when you see that, you know, oh, okay, there's another yep. another announcement. Well, it happened today. <laughs> and uh, the show's coming out tomorrow. But uh, just today, we lost Ramona Fraden, who is a, a very important, uh, longtime comic book artist. She was wonderful, did some great, great work for many decades. Did you ever meet her? Yes, Yes, cool. I did. So we'll get to that as we go along. But yeah, let's talk about Ramona. And then when we get to our memorial shows, you know, next January, we'll talk about Ramona again, but, sure. but not in the uh, detail that we'll give her today. And this is still going to be a short show, I think. I keep, okay. keep it short because we're going to have cake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> after the, after yeah. we record. I baked cake earlier this week just because I felt like you it. You made a cake and so we're going to have post-show cake, but that has to be after because I would just collapse in a coma if I had cake and then <laughs> it, tried to it happens every night. Then tried to make the show. It's gonna happen anyway. Do the recording and then we collapse is the plan. So Ramona Fraden, uh, who died today, was get ready. She was ninety seven. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, really one of the, the, the last surviving artists of her generation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Ramona was born in nineteen twenty six. And yeah, was one of the rare women working in comics way back in the day. She got into comics in the 50s, I think. All right. From the New York City area, went to art school, 
Her husband was a cartoonist, so she was, you know, right in the middle of that world. And I've read interviews and things with her, and although she's best known for a lot of superhero work, mm -hmm. but she never really cared for superheroes and, okay. and didn't really feel that she was particularly well-suited to draw superheroes, but that's what they kept offering her. Her first uh, high-profile uh, assignment was Aquaman. Oh, yeah. And this would be late 50s into the early 60s. She was the primary artist on Aquaman at kind of a pivotal point in the history of Aquaman. Oh, cool. Uh, well, for one thing, I guess I guess that was right around the time that Justice League started. So when, yeah. you know, Aquaman became a member of the, the founding member of the Justice League. Uh, Ramona did not draw the Justice League back then, but this was the era where the Silver Age, Dawn of the Silver Age, uh -huh. she was there for. And in fact, this is when they introduced Aqualad, Aquaman's teen sidekick. And yeah. so Ramona is considered the co-creator of Aqualad, oh, first cool. first artist to draw Aqualad. And did he originally have the, the look that we associate with uh, yes. Teen Titans and the uh, yeah. Blue Dolls? Yeah, that, that same look. Yeah, the, the red long sleeve shirt and the blue shorts. That's what Aqualad looked like from, uh, mm -hmm. from the first time Ramona drew him way back then. Because I mean, Aquaman goes back to the early 40s. Yeah. But was, you know, flying solo for was, 20 years. He was always DC Comics. Always a DC Comics character, yes. And and weirdly, was published continuously all through the 40s, all through the 50s. Uh, he didn't have his own comic, but it was a backup strip mm -hmm. would appear in the back of uh, other comic books and never appeared on the cover of a comic book until the first Justice League story. Oh, wow. So Isn't that, that really weird? kind of his coming out. <laughs> he was, yeah. He was hiding in the back pages of other comics for and, 20 years without and, being on the cover. And yet important enough to be a founding member of the Justice League. Yeah. Well, there weren't very many heroes left at that point. <laughs> it was kind of like, who's left? What are we still publishing? Because they yeah. weren't really doing many superheroes anymore until uh, the Silver Age uh, rebirth of all the old superhero characters. But yeah, he was always around through the whole thing. Ramona was there when Aqualad came about, who, yeah, then became a member of the Teen Titans uh, mm -hmm. just a few years after that. Uh, I don't have any of those original Aquaman comics here. I've got some of those old stories in reprint forms here and there that mm -hmm. Ramona drew. So the only example I have, we're going to look at some stuff today as we go, but this was a Alter Ego magazine, uh, which I is a magazine about Golden Age, Silver Age comics. And this is from 2007. They did a big interview with Ramona in this issue. And there's Ramona Fraden Aquaman art is on the cover. That's and look at that. Beautiful. And there's Topo. Topo the octopus. There's <laughs> a big octopus yeah. hanging, out, hanging out with Aquaman. That's what I like to see Aquaman doing, hanging out with with Topo. We happen to know that Aquaman's octopus friend <laughs> is Topo. And there they are. Um, yeah, you can see what, what a lovely job she did drawing mm -hmm. Aquaman. And, and she was the main Aquaman artist for a few years. Her next big assignment at DC was Metamorpho. You know Metamorpho? Yeah. The Element Man? Yeah, that's a, a, a weird looking character. So very weird. And well, that's Ramona Fraden's design. Ramona is the co-creator of Metamorpho. That's really cool. Yeah. She worked with uh, writer Bob Haney and she was the artist. The very first Metamorpho stories. She drew the first four or five issues of mm -hmm. Metamorpho. For people who don't know, like Metamorpho was this weird DC hero from the mid 60s who really looked freakish yeah. and that weird kind of very odd white face and, and his whole body would kind of transform into different things. So he just looked like a freak because he's yeah. supposed to be kind of like a tragic character in a way. Like he didn't want to look like no, that. but he, another lab accident. It, it was like a radioactive meteorite Oh, that because uh, he, he was out on an archaeological expedition and then was exposed to this thing that turned him into metamorpho. And then yeah, he could like 
transform his body into various elements. So he could do shape shifting and turn into, you know, gases and whatever. Yeah, I wasn't quite used to the shape shifting. So that, that the cover you're showing me now. Is yes. Surprising. Yes. It's like part car. This is a 70s comic that uh-huh. we're looking at. This is when they, they tried to do a metamorpho revival in the mid 70s. And, and Ramona was there to, mm-hmm. to draw. But yeah, Ramona drew metamorpho originally in the 60s. And yeah, it was a very, very cool comic and just very different from a standard superhero because he was working for this rich dude, uh, uh-huh. Simon Stagg. Uh, and wasn't he involved with the, with the daughter? Yeah, Simon Stagg had the beautiful daughter, Sapphire. <laughs> and uh, Simon Stagg was not happy about uh, Rex Mason, who became Metamorpho, being with the daughter. He had a Neanderthal bodyguard. Like a literal Neanderthal? Literal, yeah. I think it was some kind of revived cave person or something. But this dude named Java. And uh, (laughs) Simon was trying to get Java to murder (laughs) Rex Mason to get him out of the way. All right. It was dark. But that was the whole supporting cast. That was through the run of the series. He was always running around with Simon and Sapphire and Java. Yeah, fun series. And and Metamorpho never went away. They've used him in the cartoons in recent years, Justice League Unlimited and all that. Sure, that's probably where I learned about him. Yeah, Metamorpho's always around. He was a member of Batman and the Outsiders in the 80s also. Oh, cool. But that was the bulk of Ramona's uh, 1960s work for DC. The big ones were Aquaman and then Metamorpho. And then she dropped out of comics for a few years to raise her daughter Mm -hmm. and got back in in the... uh, early to mid-70s, and she was drawing some of the mystery stories for DC, Mm -hmm. House of Mystery, House of Secrets, whatever they were doing back then. She did some of those. And then they put her back on on superheroes. Uh I think the first assignment she got was Freedom Fighters, which she did three, four, five issues of. This was a weird comic. Uh, Freedom Fighters was, they took a bunch of uh, old characters from the 40s Mm. that were published by a different company originally. And they thought, let's take all these old characters, we'll put them together. They're the Freedom Fighters. They were on a parallel earth where the Nazis won World War II. Oh, okay. And so that was their thing. But then in, they, they started their own comic book, Freedom Fighters, and they came to our regular Earth One to <laughs> hang out with all the other DC characters. Mm-hmm. They're fighting Wonder Woman for some reason on the cover that we're looking at here. Yeah, that's a... They were like misunderstood when they came to this Earth. So that, oh, that was a whole thing running through. I read these comics years ago. But Freedom Fighters, it was Uncle Sam, <laughs> uh, who looks like yeah. Uncle Sam. Uh, the Human Bomb was a guy that was just explosive. He had to wear this containment suit all the time, mm-hmm. but he would just like pull a glove off and make somebody explode. You've mentioned that the kind human of bomb thing. to me before. Human bomb, there he is. Uh, that's the Ray. He was this oh. guy, the guy in the yellow costume. Have they- we seen the Ray too in like the the crossover and yes. the CW shows? Yeah, they did some TV cartoons and stuff with yeah. him as well. Yep, that's the Ray. The Black Condor. Is this, <laughs> this dude with no shirt and a black cape. Okay. In the Golden Age stories of Black Condor, uh, like as a baby... He was lost in the woods or something and raised by condors. Okay. <laughs> and that's why he can fly. <laughs> the, yeah, the birds, that makes a lot of sense. The birds taught him to fly. Well, I want to be raised by birds. I'm pretty sure that would actually work. <laughs> yes. Uh, Phantom Lady is back there who had mm-hmm. kind of shadow powers and stuff, I think. Okay. Uh, kind of a, a, on the naughty side of characters back in the 40s because mm-hmm. they wore a very skimpy costume. Was Silk Spectre kind of modeled on her? Uh, yeah, possibly in a way. Yeah, yeah. Because you have a very revealing costume, mm-hmm. especially for the 1940s. Sure. That was Phantom Lady. And then Doll Man was a little tiny guy. This was the original Adam, before the Adam. Wow. Yeah, when they did Adam as a guy who could shrink down real tiny, mm-hmm. that was based on Doll Man. Interesting. Yes, who was up. And <laughs> they called him Doll Man. <laughs> that's, that's insulting. Yes. Yes, he should yes. be action figure man. <laughs> yeah, show some respect. 
<laughs> He's action figure man. I think eventually there was a doll girl as well. Okay, that's okay. So Ramona drew a few issues of uh, Freedom Fighters. I noticed this panel as I was flipping through this earlier, but Wonder Woman is speaking with some kind of police department. <laughs> yeah. There's a Wonder Woman and there's a guy who's at like chest level. Yes. She's towering over him. She's saying, what are you staring at? He's like, oh, I was just uh, just noticing your costume. That's all. Uh, never mind. It's a very funny panel, <laughs> yeah. which I look at the fine job Ramona did yeah, drawing like that. that. Very cute. Hey, my tiara is up here. <laughs> look at that while I've got this open. <gasps> there's an ad for a Rolling Stones album. Yeah. Black and blue. Look how creepy they look. A cartoon version. Yeah, like somebody Rolling drew the Stones. Rolling Stones comic book style. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I guess I like they, it. they always looked creepy sure. you know, oh, in yeah. real life. But yeah, yeah. I, I remember being uh, kind of freaked out and frightened by this image when I saw it as a kid. Well, at least it wasn't the, the album, Their Satanic Majesty's Request. That would have really freaked you they out. They didn't put that in the funny books. <laughs> I like this ad too, because this is when they started promoting, hey, kids, you can see DC characters on TV. So there's a whole page here saying, look, on TV, you can see Shazam and Isis. Yes. And welcome back, Cotter. Wait a second. Not, <laughs> not a DC. <laughs> no. Uh, not, not DC characters, but uh, DC was publishing a Welcome Back Cotter comic book. That makes sense. At the this time yes and super friends yay down there i watched three of those things on saturday morning <laughs> you didn't watch a lot of cotter uh, i did but not on saturday morning not on saturday morning no no cotter's prime time yes the big time but speaking of the super friends mm -hmm. the next big assignment that went to ramona Fraden was super friends because the cartoon started like in 1973 yes. and then it was oh maybe three years later or so somebody at dc said hey we should be publishing a Super Friends comic book to go with the cartoon that's on TV yeah, every week. Kids who are watching the cartoon wouldn't necessarily know that the, the Justice League is, you know, the, the team <laughs> up in, in the comic books. Yeah, so there was a, a long-running uh, Super Friends comic. It nice. ran from like the mid-70s through the early 80s, kind of through most of the Super Friends era. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Ramona got tapped to draw Super Friends. So she drew she drew a most of the run. Like Super Friends oh, wow. ran it ran 40 something issues. Ramona drew most of them. I have number seven here. Here's Super Friends number seven mm -hmm. because this is when they brought in the Wonder Twins. Yes. So the first six issues had Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog. And oh, wow. so see, all of them are on. Everybody's cover. in this yeah, issue. That's yes, nice. this is when they made the transition. And I think in the story, they said that Wendy and Marvin had graduated from the junior superhero training program of the Super Friends. Well, it's cool that they're, that they're officially written out as opposed to just disappearing like they did in between yeah. seasons on the Super yeah, Friends. Yeah, because it was uh, E. Nelson Bridwell, who was like a total continuity nut. He was the guy that was writing Super Friends oh, okay. comics back then. So he wanted to make sure everything was nice neat but that's what i would have done too i believe I, I haven't read this anywhere but i'm pretty sure that this means ramona Fraden was the first artist in comic books to ever draw the wonder twins yeah and space monkey gleek oh yeah very important <laughs> I didn't read much of the Super Friends comic back then mm -hmm. because I thought, oh, that's the little kid version, yeah. you know, because Justice League comics were coming out at the same time. Sure. So I was like, this isn't real. I need <laughs> real Justice League. So it was years later. I was like, oh, no, wait a minute. These Super Friends comics are fantastic. Yes. I, I got to get my hands on those as well. Look at that. See that? Look at that ad. Crazy crabs. Oh, no. This was from the people that made sea monkeys. They also did crazy crabs. This is a real crab. They just send you a crab. That's really disturbing. It's really disturbing. They would mail the children like hermit crabs. Oh. And uh, it would encourage you to paint the shells. No. No. Leave the poor hermit crab alone. Oh. Leave it on the beach. Leave it in the ocean. <laughs> they were mailing crabs. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> 
here we are on Earth Hostess on this this page. There's oh, a yes. ad for Hostess Fruit Pies. It's the Joker. Mm. The Joker is trying to... Uh, He's blowing a dart at someone. Infiltrate a circus. Yeah. And uh, the only way they can stop him is with Hostess Fruit Pies Good. somehow. Anyway, those are really fun. Mm-hmm. Super Friends comics. And Ramona, in that same era, mm-hmm. another TV-related comic came along because in the late 70s, uh, Plastic Man got on TV. We just watched a Plastic Man cartoon not that long ago. Yeah, we sure did. I wanted to see the Disco Mummy. Yes. <laughs> After our uh, disco interlude in New Hampshire. <laughs> I was a huge fan of the Saturday morning Plastic Man cartoon series. Yeah, it's pretty silly. <laughs> it's very silly. I was so excited that Plastic Man was on TV. Plastic Man also goes back to the early 1940s mm-hmm. and was not a DC Comics character until the 60s. And was this a Ruby Spears cartoon? Yes, Plastic Man was a Ruby Spears cartoon. Um, yeah, DC bought Plastic Man in the 60s and... There was a Plastic Man comic book series mm-hmm. that just ran 10 issues in the 60s. Then in the 70s, they started up again uh, with the same numbering. So number 11 came out like uh-huh. 10 years after <laughs> number 10. And they got Ramona did not draw Plastic Man in the 60s, mm-hmm. but they got Ramona for the 70s. It ran another 10 issues at this time. And I think she drew all 10 issues of it. Uh, you'll notice there's her signature on the yeah. cover of this one. When I met Ramona a few years ago, she signed my my Plastic Man number 11. If this cover looks familiar, uh, they would show this art at the beginning of the cartoon. Oh. Yeah, in the opening sequence wow. of the Plastic Man cartoon. They'd say, from the pages of DC Comics, and they'd show this Ramona's art. Cover. Yes, Ramona's art was on Saturday morning TV every week. Oh, that's very cool. I love Plastic Man. <laughs> I like how it's goofy. I like how his costume is part of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. The costume stretches just like he does. And that was part of the fun, especially like in the old Plastic Man comics in the 40s. Like he would disguise himself by he'd turn into a, a lamp yes. or something. And you just have to look around the room and see, well, what's red with oh. a yellow and black striped thing on it? Yes. And okay, there he is. Fine Plastic Man. Yep. There was a Justice League comic in the 90s, I think, or 2000s, where he was hiding as Big Barda's dress. <laughs> Oh, did Big Barda know this? Big Barda was very upset. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to make Big Barda angry. No, I I would not. Very strong, powerful uh, lady from from the fourth world. Look at this. Here's an ad for Dusty and Sky. Do you know these these dolls? Dusty was, I think, a a Barbie competitor. Yeah. And she looks kind of... Cute in the in the drawings, but she was a very ugly doll, as, as far as I can remember. I've seen pictures, and she was not not attractive. No, yeah, no match for Barbie. Looks fine here, but we're not really seeing the dolls. Yeah, yeah this is comic yeah. book comic book art. Sure, versions of Dusty and Sky. And I'll see if I can find a picture for the show notes. And their horse Nugget. Nugget. I like down here. It says they can play tennis. Whack. So oh yeah. <laughs> the hitting a tennis ball sound effect. All right. Did you have these dolls? No. No, they were hideous. I think the only... They were evil, demon-possessed fashion dolls. The only other fashion doll I had was Darcy, who was a little bit bigger than Barbie. I had this. I had one of these guys. Here's an ad for Big Jim's Pack. (laughs) Yeah, I remember Dr. Steel. I had Dr. Steel, the bald guy with the big dragon tattoo on his chest, and he has a a steel hand. So were they from a comic book? No, it was just just the toy line. Wow, that's rare. They never made a comic book. They should have. Or a cartoon. Look at these guys. Yeah, Yeah. there was nothing. All all it was was a toy line. Mm -hmm. I was talking about Big Jim's Pack with somebody at DragonCon a few years ago, and we couldn't remember what Pack stood for. We had to look it up. Uh Uh-huh. And I can never remember what PAX stood for. I, I always have to look it up whenever I and, – and this happens like three, four times a day. Oh, no. I have to check. Uh, it is Professional Agents 
crime killers. <laughs> okay. Is <laughs> so that kind of like the 18? <laughs> I feel like we're better off not knowing yeah, what, what, that's what not, PAC, not, PAC stands for. Not that great an acronym. It was a desperate acronym. But yeah. <laughs> the only one I ever had was Dr. Steele, who I thought was the coolest one. But He's there's bald. there's Warpath, Dr. Steele, The Whip, and of course their leader, Big Jim. Mm-hmm. And they killed crime. <laughs> <laughs> they they were very busy killing crime. Yes. You don't some, just fight crime, you kill crime. There's some Mego dolls. Look Yay. at that. Put your DC superhero in your Christmas stocking. And there's little pictures of all the Mego dolls. Yes, yes. yes. Even Mr. and Mrs. Pitlick. Yes, there he is. <laughs> Evil Knievel on the back cover. Yes. I had Evil Knievel. <laughs> I feel like we there was an Evil Knievel action figure in my house. I don't know who it belonged to. They were everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so those are some of the highlights of Ramona's uh, 70s comic book work. Anyway, mm-hmm. she did a little bit for Marvel as well. Okay. Just a couple of issues here and there. She did a Fantastic Four, I think, and something else. In the early 80s, she got out of comics again, uh-huh. but she got into comic strips. Oh. And that was really more her thing to begin with, it turns out. Like, when she was a kid... She was a fan of comic strips, did not care about comic books. Alice was such like short form yeah. stories. It, it's kind of a, when you, when you think she was the perfect age to have been a big comic book fan mm-hmm. when she was a kid. She was born in 1926. Like when Superman came out, she would have been like 12. Yeah. But she didn't care. <laughs> never Fair did. Enough. Never did her whole career. <laughs> well, she drew them nicely anyway. She really did. But yeah, she got into comic strips uh, professionally uh, uh, full time in the early 80s. She became the artist on Brenda Starr. Oh yeah, oh, remember that? that? It was like a kind of a. What was Brenda Starr? I never read. I never read Brenda Starr. She's a, Possi- ju- a journalist. Yeah, reporter. Journalist. I, yeah, I never read that. I, that in Prince Valiant. I'm like, that looks dumb. Yeah. I'm not going to read that. I didn't even read the Spider Man strip. All you like, read was yeah. Kathy. No. <laughs> Yes, that's Kathy. Yeah, Brenda Starr, I never read either, but Ramona drew Brenda Starr for like 15 years. Oh. Yeah, she started drawing Brenda Starr in 1980, and I think drew Brenda through like 95, 96. And I think she was essentially retiring at that point yeah. in the mid 90s. I think Brooke Shields made a Brenda Starr movie, like a TV movie, maybe. That sounds so familiar. I mean, I, when you said Brenda Starr, I like see Brooke Shields in yeah. my head. So. She either made a Brenda Starr movie or she was going to make yeah. a Brenda Starr movie, I think. Who's Brenda K. Starr? That was a singer, right? I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a pop singer named Brenda K. Starr. All right. I'll take your word for it. I might be thinking of Tiffany. <laughs> so Ramona never really went away. She'd make some convention appearances and draw here and there mm-hmm. as well. And they'd bring her back to do some comics assignments, including Bongo Comics, which published the Simpsons comic yeah. books. This is from 2007. Oh. I have here Simpsons Super Spectacular, number five. This is when they would they would do like superhero parody yeah. comics, like Radioactive Man, you see on the cover here, of course. And look at that, guest artist Ramona Fraden. Yeah. And the reason they got Ramona for this issue is they did a Metamorpho parody <laughs> in this issue called Mufalato. That's funny. The yeah, Element Man. The Element Man, <laughs> instead of Metamorpho, the Element Man. And yeah, got Ramona to draw it. Well, neat. And she, she penciled and inked this. Oh. And you can see did a fine, fine job yeah. doing, doing the Simpsons style. Definitely. And this this guy here looks just like Simon Stagg. Yeah. Oh, there, there's a little, <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a shot of a, a Metamorpho parody type character. Yep. So fun. I was very excited when I learned of this happening. Mm-hmm. And I got this as soon as it came out. And then also a few years later, she did a couple of other uh, books for Bongo Comics because Bongo also published the SpongeBob SquarePants oh. comic books. 
And remember in SpongeBob, I we didn't we never watched much SpongeBob, no. but I was aware of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yes. Which were like Aquaman, Aqualad parody characters in the right. world of SpongeBob. They brought Ramona in to draw a couple of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy comics. That's really funny. For them. If I flip through here, here it is. Yeah. So there's Ramona drew these and she just the way she used to draw Aquaman and Aqualad. They look suspiciously like Aquaman and Aqualad. <laughs> Isn't that great? I mean, she's in her 80s at this yeah. point. There's even an octopus. Yeah, just like Topo. That's really cute. Yes. So just did beautiful work her whole career. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned, I, I did uh, meet her a few years back. I don't know how, 10, 12 years ago mm-hmm. or so at a local convention. I was very excited that Ramona was going to be there. And uh, she was selling original art oh. at her table, very reasonably priced. Wow. I'm not someone nice. who buys yeah. original art. Sure. Because that involves, you know, handing over large amounts of money, yes, which, which we frown upon. <laughs> <laughs> but Ramona had very, very reasonably priced art. And these were like little, like maybe six by six pencil sketches mm. of uh, various characters that she was associated with. And uh, I bought a couple of them yeah. from her. Uh, one of them I gave to our friend Martha. Oh, how nice. Yeah, because she had a picture of Mira. Oh, yeah. Aquaman's wife, Mira. Yes, and Martha cosplays Mira. Mar- especially, yeah. Martha used to do Mira costumes all the time. Our mm. friend Martha from But First Let's Talk Nerdy, who our listeners would know. And, and she's been on the Flopcast many times mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, Martha was a big Mira fan. And when I saw this beautiful original Mira art by Ramona, I saw I got that one from Martha. Nice. I was just talking a few weeks ago with Martha about Ramona Fraden and her art and her career. Yeah, we were just texting about this not long ago because Martha mentioned that art Mm -hmm. because she she just moved recently and Mm -hmm. she said she has that Mira art up on her wall. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. So um, Martha has the Mira art and I also bought this one. I'm about to show the mayor. Here's some original Ramona Fraden art, which I bought that same day. There's Metamorpho Uh and... Sapphire and Java. Java. Java's wearing a suit and tie. He's all very well dressed in Neanderthal. Yes. Oh, that's yes. a cute. That's really cool. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. The three of them in that one little picture, just pencil art by Ramona. Mm-hmm. So there's some original work nice. by this uh, classic comic book artist. So, uh, yeah, while we don't do a lot of mid year memorializing around here, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, well, this just came in right before we had to make a show. Hot off the presses. And uh, yeah, I, I certainly had plenty of comics around here that we could flip through and uh, remember Ramona's art and her career. And uh, can we call this Capes or Apes? Because there's a Neanderthal. He's not really an ape. Yeah, we haven't done a Capes or Apes <laughs> segment in a long time. Classic Flopcast segment. And yeah, there's certainly plenty of capes in all these superhero comics, and at least one ape uh, if we count Space Monkey Gleek. Yes. So sure, this is Capes and Apes, <laughs> revived after a couple of years. In Just a, like we revived uh, the, the Backs of Life. We're bringing everything back. Everything's coming back in 2024. This year, all in honor of Ramona Fraden. Okay, well, hey, that was fun. Yes. That worked, so maybe we should probably just stop. Good idea. Get us out of here, if you can. Can you do Cornflakes part? Oh, I, I could try. Pressure's on? Yes. Uh, we are at flopcast.net. That is where you can find our show notes, which I put together. Yes. Uh, we are at facebook.com slash flopcast. You can come communicate with us there. On Mastodon, you can find us at universodon.com slash at flopcast. And on Instagram, we are the underscore flopcast. 
Find us on iTunes and leave us a rating or review there. We would really appreciate it. And finally, Music for the Flopcast is written and performed by Sponge Awareness Foundation. And the drummer in Sponge Awareness Foundation, uh, as seen in the Aquaman movie, was Topo. Topo the Octopus, of course. Hey, thanks for filling in, Mayor. It's my pleasure. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, looking back on Ramona's career. Yes, and just break the glass next time you need me. <laughs> we've got several uh, blunt instruments standing <laughs> by for when we need to uh, pull you out of the emergency glass case. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody, uh, please remember to be safe, be kind, be silly, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. The Epsilon 3 is a dream given form. It's a home away from home for three guys to watch a 90s sci-fi classic TV show. Three guys with microphones over 3,249 miles apart, all alone in the night. The year is 2262. The place, Babylon 5. The podcast, The Epsilon 3. On the ESO Network. Okay, secret after show. Uh, we just finished our big Ramona show, but you, you had another Ramona in mind for the for the after show. Yeah, I mean, the only other place I've ever heard the name Ramona is Ramona from the Beverly Cleary books. Ramona the Great, Ramona the Pest, Ramona the Brave. I remember those books. Yeah, that, so there were a bunch of characters who were who overlapped. There was uh, Henry Huggins. Yeah. And Ramona's older sister was Beezus. Yes. Which was uh, short for her, her attempt to say Beatrice. I had, a, I had a Henry book. Yeah. Henry and the Paper Root. I think I had that book. <laughs> that was probably one of the first ones I got to. Yeah. And Ramona was in that one as kind of the, you know, the younger kid who kind of follows Henry around. And yeah. There, there, there was a Ramona... A cinematic universe. There was a clear, a clear universe. Yes. Yeah, Ramona. Oh, that's Ram- a good name for it. Ramona and Beezus would be supporting characters in the Henry books. Yeah, and then and vice versa. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Henry would show up in there. I, I leaned more towards the Ramona and Beezus books after that because they were, you know, about girl stuff. So yeah. I don't remember if Henry appeared in those. Yeah, but you're right. We don't know too many people named Ramona. No, and yet thousands of people named Beezus. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.